previously on Ramble. On Ramblecast. Previously on Ramble, I was rambling on about something about being on edibles. I, if you've listened to the first part, then you've gotten this far in, and you know that I'm, or I at least was, or am still pretty high. Um, and I have chosen to continue to talk to you <laughs> and anybody that listens to me, which is somewhat narcissistic, and I should he's really fr- have... He's freaking out everybody. He's like, Nick, I need somebody to talk to, man. Just, Tell me just off give me, Just give me down, man. Give me mellow. Like, I, can't, I, just, can't re- I can't go back to the wife and the kids, man. Not like this. They know. <laughs> they know. They've been listening, and they all subscribe. I mean, it, it's. I hope my kids never subscribe and like listen to. What I oh have yeah. To say. Well, as long as the server's up. But you can imagine it's like twenty years from now. It's like, or like basically when your kids are in college, you know, and they're like, "Let's see what Dad was talking about all those years ago." <laughs> it's like, oh my yeah. god, my Dad was high. Look at what this was released. Oh my god, like he was high that summer. <laughs> yep, kids, and I probably got lead poisoning. Who knows? <laughs> Um, no, it's funny. I got, uh, you know, it was Father's Day recently. Oh, yeah. And um, uh, one of the presents they got me was this back massager. It's like this electric thing and it spins around and it and it's heated. Wow. And it's nice because you can, you can do the lower back or upper or neck. And I, of course, I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> of course, I'm like, I'm going to try this out. And then my, my spine, it just like hurt the next day and i and i hadn't really put it together but you know lumbar um yeah maybe that's it the lower back is what i'm the lower oh okay that's the lumbar yeah well i always feel like i'm falling over like timber Hmm. so (laughs) that's a dad joke randy isn't that apparent to you (laughs) it's apparent actually i said that to two my friends to see if they in the course both of them were like i don't get it and i'm like you suck. <laughs> I'm Thanks. glad my RC Oh, oh. My, is this? Did you spit out something? I'm glad my yeah, RC I did. Oh, I put I put something out on on Instagram just to get to get listeners, and I know Mike oh, uh, is I not you on weren't Facebook. Do it. Oh, yeah, no, I put it out there. I put it on the Facebook group too. Uh, Randy, oh. Randy's uh, joined us, and thanks for joining us live. You can uh, be there with me as I crash and burn in a narcissistic a fireball of gas and psychosis. Um, but it's Nick's just, here. Yeah, it's, <laughs> just, it's just Matt and I, so you're going to get some more probably geeky talk than normal because uh, Chris you know, has to go to bed. Cause, oh, you know, I know. He's got kids and everything. Mm, poor guy. So, um, anyway, um, what were we talking about before that? I had pie before... Like the break. Oh, I ate you, you, didn't, you didn't say what you ate. You just said yeah. you ate something. It's strawberry pie. Strawberry it's pie. It is amazing strawberry pie. Sure Little heavy on the strawberries, but not complaining. Did, did your wife make it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I also like ever... to go. I, I also like to go heavy on the whipped cream. So ah, I was about to go to bed, and then I got this plea from. <laughs> He's crying. Yeah, please don't leave me. Randy, don't leave join, me now. Join us in. You know how I need you, need you, need you. (laughs) Um, 
so yeah, it's kind of a weird Father's Day gift because, like, on one hand, well, it, like, yeah, you, it was you came right back to it. I totally it, forgot, but you remember. So it's my stoner brain. It's like, yeah. whoop, it's Father's whoop. Day. It's like it's just cycles. Um, so yeah, it was kind of a gift that both both bought. Like, oh yeah, my back feels good now. It feels like shit. <laughs> and then I'm walking around like trying to do all of this this uh, work around the house, and then the the guy that's helping me, you know, he's I don't know how old he is, but he, he's definitely older than me. And, you know, he's getting up on the ladder and doing all of this stuff. And A lot of that's muscle memory, though, you know, because mm-hmm. like I remember, you know, when I worked at Best Buy, you know, when you're, you know, like when you're doing archaeology, you're on your knees and you're you're shoveling things, but you're not actually on your feet a lot of times. Then you, know, you go to Best Buy where you're on your feet all the time and you'll get those pains going up your back because you're not used to staying on concrete eight to nine hours a day. Oh, yeah. You know, but then eventually you get used to it. It's the same thing. It's like you just have like that weird muscle memory, you know, then uh, I don't know. But then like, oh my God, like for the last five years of my life, I've just basically sat at a desk. And so now, you know, stomach's a bit bigger mm-hmm. you know, and arms are a little bit thinner. So it's, oh, it's a, Sure. Sorry. Is that, is that pertaining to? I nothing at all. Nothing at all. I'm listening. I'm. I'm so right basically, there. everyone out there, Matt just shot a slow rocket or bullet or looks like a cigarette into his head, and it exploded out the other side. So how am I supposed to take that? And now it's going into a neutron star. It's, it's a sharpie. It's yeah. a sharpie. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so Father's Day. Um, oh yeah, 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 yeah. And speaking of last week, what I exactly what I predicted would happen happened. I texted my sister. And I said, "Have you talked to Dad?" She said, "No, he's probably playing golf." So we waited. We both waited until around three or four in the afternoon. Called my dad. I said, "Hey, what you doing? Nothing. Played golf. Want some money? Cool. Good for you." We had about a fifteen minute conversation. At the end, I said, "Just calling you. We should have a Father's Day. Cool beans." Oh, yeah, that was it. Did I get any shit for not sending my card? Not one word, because it doesn't matter. Well. What'd you get? Did you get anything other than a hug? That, that, the back. The back oh, the massager. back. Yeah, the back massager that, that hurt your that hurt your back. Yeah. The, oh, uh, the, the cool uh, geek dad gift that I got was they, they got me the art of uh, the Mandalorian. So oh. the first, basically the entire first season. So, but it's really cool because I always love looking at the the art of you know, especially with Star Wars. I love all the concept stuff and like looking at like the helmets that could be, would have been because you know they they use that stuff again and again, or they'll come oh, back yeah. to different designs. So well, it's like it's like a uh, Mother Townsend was the original Darth Maul. Uh, oh, okay. Art, but huh. it was deemed it was deemed too scary. Huh. So, you know, but they brought it back for the Clone Wars, uh, which worked better in a cartoon form. But, you know, because to actually see that flowing with the, the white and all the black lips, that would have been mm-hmm. probably really scary to see on screen. Yeah. But. Um, well, and some of the stuff that happens in, in the latter Clone Wars, and we don't have to bore Randy to tears about that, but it gets pretty dark, you know? Oh, yeah. So that's To me, that's what's good about it, though. <laughs> Yeah, because I, I loved all of Katie Lucas's 
uh, mm-hmm. ones that she wrote, which were a little bit darker. You know? Yeah. And usually had to deal with Ventress, which is I'm a softie for that. And, you know, go, not to get too much into Star Wars, everybody out there listening who doesn't really care about Star Wars, but I have actually seen a lot of... Katie Lucas is getting high and she's thinking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I've seen a lot of people who did not read Dark Disciple saying, like, now because of Bad Batch, you know, and like we see uh, Cad Bane now on this newest episode, like... Right. Uh, do you think they'll bring back Ventress? And there's a lot of people out there who have no idea what happened to Ventress. And I'm like, well, it's, you know, you need to read the book, but you know, but I don't know. He could bring her back. I don't want him to bring her back. I like her ending just as it is, but I understand. And we talked about this on Owen and Bruce, but I've been read, I've been audio listening to um, dark disciple. It's, Sometimes, you know, you have these like menial tasks where you're like, oh, I got to do this. And it's so boring and mundane. But you're you're like, well, at least I have this to get me through that that moment. And so I was um, right now I'm I'm cataloging and f- photographing a lot of um, Ed's work. So oh. uh, and Ed passed away in 2013. And he's just he has a lot of work, a lot, so much. <laughs> and and it and it seems monstrous. To just say, oh, I'm going to catalog all of this, um, and that's what I'm, I'm kind of beginning to do. I'm, I'm, I'm saying, okay, I'm starting here and moving forward. Let's see what can be done because um, if I don't get a catalog, I mean, it's it's like sitting on potential money as well, you know. Mm-hmm. As far as like uh, Ed's brother Cliff, I mean, who you know uh, I work with with Dolphin, and he's the owner, and I work. It's again, if if you haven't listened to my story about Cliff and I, but it's it's a odd but unique relationship where he needs me, I need him, and we both work together to, you know, uh, keep this the store going. So, um, but um, but Ed, who passed away from suicide in, in two thousand thirteen, um, it's it's still just like the amount of work that he left behind. And then I think about his age too, because he was, he was 59, he was going to be 60. And then I, I just think about, I don't know, it's, it's strange going through someone's stuff and, and artwork because I knew him as a person, but then I also see the art and the value and, and what he was doing, you know, and like, like he just had these like little throwaway drawings, but it's like, Oh man, that's so cool. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and and any any and I just want to express this like any monetary from Ed's work, I think of that basically helping Cliff and reimbursing him because he's put so much into just the the business in general, and and we're both looking for ways in, in which to kind of keep it going. Sorry, I'm brainstorming because I'm high. But. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's uh, it's one of the tragic things. I mean, some people just go through life, you know, day to day and they, they don't care about the past. It's like, you know, like the next day is the future and that's it. Me, I'm real meticulous and I like to catalog and I like to keep up with things that have happened, but you know, you do lose a lot of your time going back in the back, you know, back in the past. And it's things like me just being organized, like all my music uh, that's digital is it's, it's, it's so organized. And then every now and then iTunes will do something that fucks it all up and I have to reorganize it again. Mm -hmm. But it's just like, you know, if you looked through my iPhone, you would see like, you know, 
for example, let's just say Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts, you know, Coban, it'll, you know, let's say year release, 1967. But then when you actually click on the album, I put at the end of the each album I buy, I put the month and the year it was released. And because that's just the way my brain works. So, okay, it'll say, you know, May 1967. <laughs> and, you know, uh, this is, this is, you know, I'm the one that's high. I mean, yeah. come on. <laughs> but, come yeah. Got but I like that organization. And think about how many photos now because of digital cameras oh, sure. that you take. And when you just upload them to I mm-hmm. to your, uh, well, I use Max, but like, you know, it just puts them in a big, long file. You know, there's no organization aside from the serial number that it takes right. when you take the photo. But if you were someone who's really organized, you would do that. You would break it down by year, like, oh, here's, mm-hmm. you know, 2014. And then you have it done by month and all right. these things. And it's like, you know, to take the time to go through all these photos. Yeah. Is, it was I, so I did that. I did that a couple of years ago with our digital files. And I, I went through and, and cataloged everything and compiled everything and then duplicated that. And then every I try to do it around the Christmas time of year, but sometimes if, if you miss a year, it's just like, ah, oh, I gotta go back and do it, you know? Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm probably about two years behind because of, of COVID, you know, it's like, there's that COVID year where you're like, what'd you do that year? Well, there was that. Um, <laughs> but um, not only that, but recently I was going through just like physical photographs and then the, the joy of kind of looking through, through them, you know, like, uh, the, and trying to archive them and keep them cataloged in a way that I remember or I know like, Oh, this is this month, this is this year and trying to keep them kind of um, making somewhat of a, a sense. And, and I think I mentioned it on the show last week. This was the Joni Mitchell comment. This is what Jack would have been talking about this whole time. This yeah. episode would have been called Joni Mitchell, Matt. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, did, you, did you did you see the uh, the four tracks that got released yesterday? Um, they're outtakes of Blue. Uh, so yesterday, for everyone out there, was the 50th anniversary of Joni Mitchell's Blue, 1971. If you've never listened to it, it's an absolute classic. It's probably the best singer-songwriter record ever made. Um, it's uh, mostly about her breakup with Graham Nash that happened in early 1970. But uh, there's a couple other tracks about like her daughter that she had to give up when she was born for adoption, and uh, but it's it's a great record. It's just it's more because uh, yeah, it's confessional and it's it's sad and hence blue. But it's it's a it's a great record. Uh, but anyway, so there was four tracks, uh, two outtakes or two alternate takes, and then two no three. Okay, so there's two alternate takes. Then there's a new song called Hunter, which I'd never heard. And then there's a, a fourth track, which is uh, Urge for Going, which she had written in the late 60s. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, you know, she never released it except on like a one greatest hits record. Uh, so it's a, it's, a, it's a good four tracks. And then I think in October of this year that they were going to release her second volume of Archives, which will be 68 through 71. So if you're anyone out there is a big Joni Mitchell fan, uh, Definitely worth getting because to me, Matt and I have talked about this privately. Joni Mitchell is probably in the top three artists of the 20th century, uh, hands down, uh, and extremely underrated. And I don't know why. Maybe it's because she's a woman, or maybe it's just because you know she had such a jazz influence that a lot of people just couldn't resonate with it. But you know, it's probably probably a little bit of both. Yeah. You know, you know, really kind of holding holding back. But you know, um, a lot of a lot of 
true artists or geniuses, you know, I mean, I think always have different movements. They always kind of push forward. You know, they try new things. Um, you know, they're not, um, I don't know. I just, I think of the, that singer songwriter like uh, aspect of, and you know, as, as they go through phases or as they go through different genres of music that they're identifying with or, you know, changing their work or inventing new things, you know? So, um, what's interesting to me about, like, cause I was just looking at her, um, discography. I guess that's how you say it. it uh, are you allowed to look at that? <laughs> uh, you know, did, she, like, did she grant you permission on Wikipedia? Oh, okay. That's, uh, okay. Yeah. But most artists do things in trilogies, you know, like Bob Dylan had his, his singer songwriter trilogy with free will and another side and times are changing. Then he gets into his more electric side with bringing all back home. Highway, Highway 61 revisited and blonde on blonde. Then he goes into his kind of his, what do you want to call it? Uh, vagabond trilogy, which is John Wesley Harding, Nashville skyline and self, not self portrait, but, um, uh, new morning. Oh, I and, love Nashville skyline. And so, but, uh, Joni kind of did more like, you know, what do you call it, a, a quintuplet or whatever, like five records. Like her first five are very singer-songwriter. And then basically after her 72 record, you just, you know, with. Uh, uh, I'm listening. Yeah, I know you are. It's being a class clown at the same time. Uh, <laughs> uh, why am I forgetting the name of her 74 record? But, you know, basically in 1974, she just takes a left turn and then goes from singer-songwriter to almost to jazz. And you can see it just progress all the way through 1979 of like another five records of this kind of experimental, non-popular music. It's just what she wants to do. Uh, and there's a lot of really great tracks that are just pure brilliant brilliance in them. Um, anyway, not to just harp on Joni Mitchell, but for anyone who, who caught last week's episode, um, Matt had said a line that basically said, I always felt I was a painter first or whatever. And that's almost a direct quote from Joni Mitchell, which is why I said, okay, Joni Mitchell. And it's not, it was not meant to be a cut or an insult to, to Matt. It was more of just like, Oh, that's, you know, something that she said. Uh, but of course, Jack and Chris, not knowing much about Joni Mitchell, <laughs> thought it was me making fun of Matt, which I really wasn't. But well, I, I appreciate that clarification. We, we probably wouldn't have gotten that on the normal show, but um, <laughs> I, I, uh, I didn't really take too much offense to it because it's, it's, you're, you're in good company with, with Joni Mitchell. Um, but, you know, I mean, it's like, and we talked about this off air, like after Owen and Bruce, but um, you know, I just, I, 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 there's a, there's a sense where you're working with one medium or another, you know, mm. as an artist, you know, and so, um, and, and sometimes I think that artists get pigeonholed into thinking like, I'm just this, or this is just my outlet. When in fact we have lots of different outlets with, mm. with art, you know, and everybody does. So this was, this was, you know, as a gallery, when, when my mom died, I opened up a gallery and I just was like, this is it. This is what I'm going to do. Mm. I called it everyday inventors because I believe that everybody held the potential to create, um, to do work, and and that everybody was really kind of 
using creativity in their own ways, you know, and, and, uh, I, I still believe that I think it's, it's, it's a core thing and, and everybody has that, um, I don't know, go-to thing that, that kind of gives them that, that therapy. Um, my, my wife's been gardening a lot and doing a lot with plants and that's kind of her kind of, I can just. Well, it's great. Like it's, you know, it's, uh, like there's a few things in life. Gardening is definitely up there. Uh, same as like with, uh, vacuuming or cleaning dishes or, uh, like building Legos that we've talked about. Like there's things <laughs> that are very therapeutic and gardening is definitely one of them. And I, I think George Harrison, um, bring it all back to music. Yeah. Uh, George Harrison, Basically, after night, even though he bought Friar Park, I think in 1970 or 69, uh, basically after 1779, didn't really care about music much anymore after that. And he'd reached a few records, but he really just loved reorganizing his entire backyard. Like, you know, like take out this shrub, mm-hmm. put in that shrub, and just completely reorganizing his plants in his huge uh, mansion called Friar Park, which was an abbey. For everyone, anyone out there who doesn't know, it was an old mo- monastery, uh, and uh, he just—that's what he actually. When people asked him who didn't know he was a beetle, uh, asked him what he did for a living, he said he was a gardener. That's what mm-hmm. he actually said he was for the last twenty years of his life. Was I'm just I'm a gardener. Well, I mean, you you see it with like people like uh, Steve Martin, who mm-hmm. went from, you know, really becoming like a stand-up comedian you know, and having a life as a stand-up comedian to having a life as a, as a Hollywood, you know, um, really, you know, love that song. Randy. Um, but then now, I mean, Steve Martin could do movies. He could do, you know, whatever he wanted to, but he's, he's like, Nope, I'm just going to play the banjo now. You yeah. know? Well, I, mean, like, well, I think he, he started playing the banjo before he got, I mean, probably at the same time, but right. Yeah. I mean, like some of these things have always been part of him. You know, mm-hmm. like like writing has always been part of uh, his background before, you know, you know, creating movies and, and acting in them. And, you know, um, but, you know, just the fact that like someone of that uh, caliber is always kind of searching for something. You know, it's like at some point, Steve Martin was just like, you know, I hate this whole showbiz thing. I can make a couple, you know, I can make some money, you know, making a movie like Pink Panther and it can be shit and I can, you know, just go about my business. But that's, to me, like, yeah, I mean, not to, I'm still on Steve Martin. To me, that's really, yeah, he's definitely made some stinkers, but Pink Panther was, his, to me, his only true completely misstep. Yeah. You know, and that you, you're not going to beat Peter Sellers. Like, I don't care what you do. Like, it's just, you can't do it. it you know? And I, I recently went back and watched Bowfinger too because I just I was like Bowfinger's great. It yeah. is. It really like is. And I think at the time I wasn't ready for it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like because I mean I remember watching it and just not. But watching it again, I don't know through different lenses or aged eyes or whatever. I really appreciate that and just like the kind of I don't know. It's it's a very unique uh, film. You know, to me, to me the only decent, and I don't mean better, but I just mean decent, remake of a classic is The Nutty Professor. That's it. I mean, hmm. you know, uh, Jerry Lewis, it's hard to, re- to do that one, but then Eddie Murphy did it, and he, but he made it his own thing, you know, and it's like, it's fine. You know, like I, I still like Jerry Lewis better, but you know, Jerry Lewis, I mean, to me, like, I, I, it's so weird how when you grow up, like, different things, like, I loved 
uh, a lot of Jerry Lewis and, and Dean Martin movies, you know, and then they That's never. Seriously, man. <laughs> what are you doing? Have you derailed again? Matt, come back to us. <laughs> so, uh, I feel like uh, I feel like uh, when you put that background up, it's uh, the uh, the dragon from Monsters Inc. The one that can like blend in. Russell. Oh, Russell. yeah. That's 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 really freaky. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking for other other backgrounds to use now. I'll try to come back to the show. I'll just come back to the show. Okay. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry for leaving this show. Because like what in, oh. into a downward spiral of yeah. It's funny like the things that my parents made me and my sister watch, you know, which were movies they grew up watching as children. You know, like I loved Jumpin' Jacks when I was a kid, which came out like 1956 or something, which is Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis when they joined the military, and it's it's like the weirdest movie, but it's good. That's when they got their MBAs or MB. MBEs. MBEs. Yeah. MBEs, yeah. Which I think John ended up giving it back, I think, later on. This fucking thing's short. <laughs> I'll just well, go back to Stone's Universe, Max. That makes well, it's like, it's like I, you know, I remember when it's in the 90s, I think. This when, is not um, my beautiful house. This is not my beautiful <laughs> piano. That's actually, that's so funny how you say that. Like, I actually, the song that I had picked out for tonight, but I could never get any word I liked for it. Uh, which I knew you would know the song, but no one else would know it, which was, you know, like, right where you are standing. You know that one? Dinosaurs did a dance. Indians did a story. And some have come to pass. Indians had a legend. Talking Heads song that if everyone if you don't listen to Talking Heads you should. So. Nick, but, that was your best one yet. Yeah, thanks, Jack. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like the five people that listen to this <laughs> to the bonus episode. I like how this is like the reverse episode. On you know, like did you ever see that Seinfeld episode? This is a last season, season nine. Um, there's an episode that goes in reverse. Oh. Uh, and it starts with like, it's it's it starts with the end, and and it ends with the start. And it's crazy too because the right before the episode ends, you know it's about to end because they start adding the credits. Like ah, so like starring blah blah blah, you know, like how they would have the little, and they start mm. appearing, and you're like, oh shit, this episode's about to end because the 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 credits are, are are showing up, and then it goes, bow, 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 and then it plays the next like what the opening beat would be. And then, and then it ends with the, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's so crazy. And it's a little, 
the the Indian depiction at the beginning is a little like, eh. like <laughs> you know, you're like, this is very 1990. Yeah. You know, like like late, well, late 90s. But, it's like very 1998. So it's my, a little cringe on that. But yeah, one of my yeah, favorite interesting episode because of the reverse order. Yeah. So I mean, one of my favorite films ever is the Sp- uh, Eternal Sunshine, The Spotless Mind. Oh uh, yeah, and because I thought it was such a brilliant screenplay and a brilliant execution of that film, uh, and it really there's not many films that can make me tear up. I'm kind of dead inside, uh, but that one just because you're seeing a relationship in reverse, where you're starting out with this bitterness of how things end to the happy part when you first meet somebody, and it's like oh wow, and like you know, and then there's a line um, right there at the end where. Kate Winslet goes, you know, this is it, Joel. You know, like, I'll be gone soon. You know, so what should we do? And they basically say, let's enjoy it. And it's so heart-wrenching because you know that you've already seen from the beginning of the film that they don't recognize each other. You know, and so... I love that movie. Yeah. But it's hard to watch again. Really? God, I've seen it so many times. Maybe it's just one of those, like... um, break my heart kind of things you know like like i don't but you know like it's it's weird because like there are sad songs or sad albums that take me to a place or a time no doubt and and you know haunting music or or music that kind of makes you feel like something that that's like deeper um you know it can be a real like comforting thing in a way yeah I, i i that's one of the things i do really love about music is how it takes you back or it can really unlock a memory or period and i was in my truck yesterday had the ipod on on with random your, with your gun rack with my gun rack yep <laughs> i don't have a gun rack people uh but you know i'm out you know with the windows down because it's a nice good warm day and my ipod's on random and all of a sudden for whom the melt the bell toes from metallica comes on mm. and like this 12 year old me or whatever year it was i mean because it came out when i was three but like you know, when I got into Metallica in the late eighties, early nineties, uh, for whom the bell tolls comes on and I'm out there just, you know, just, I'm sure like someone's like, look at that old fucker out there. (laughs) jamming out to old school Metallica. You know, it it does. It just brought me back to this, this, this pure moment of childhood where, you know, like my parents like, Oh my God, that's not music. That's just noise. You know, they're like, I don't care. It's awesome. It's just teen angst. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, that is that is funny how how music can, uh, yeah, transport you. There's some music that that I don't listen to anymore that you know I used to listen to a long time ago. So yeah, like if I if I heard, um, probably like like let's say I don't put on November Rain anymore. Yeah. But you know, like I'll listen to it if, if it comes if, on random. I'll if it came it. on random, yeah. I might be like, oh okay, yeah. you know. So. I, you know, I, even though most people will say Appetite for Destruction, which I agree it has probably the most classics on that record, you know, Use Your Illusion 2 is the one that resonates with me the most. Uh, whereas November Rain is on Use Your Illusion 1, which I don't really like Use Your Illusion 1 that much. Uh, I think we've talked about this before. Because, uh, like, uh, Don't Cry, November Rain, there's like one other track that I like on that one. But, you know, uh, usually, Vision Two though I like a lot. Um, I can listen to that without getting fed up with it. But I, I don't. I agree though. I don't. I don't. 
ever really get in the truck and, and go like, I feel like Guns N' Roses today. Like, just right. doesn't really right. happen. It's, it's, it, it's, yeah, it definitely puts you in a, a certain frame of mind. Um, I, I want to share with everyone this, uh, this meme that I saw or thing that I saw. It, it just cracks my shit up. Um, I, <laughs> um, <let's see. laughs> yeah, yeah. I've seen, I've actually seen a good answer to that one too, where, uh, it's the same the image of that bowl and the, the owner's like, the owner's like over here going like, like this with his hands, like, <laughs> But it's not empty. The cat's like, I don't see it that way. You know. <laughs> so the meme that I'm sharing is a cat that is like crying, um, and it like, says, "Why is it empty?" And it's a clearly the, the bowl of food, cat food, is there, but it's just empty in the very middle. It's like a donut. Know? It's yeah. like a donut, yeah. And the cat is just crying. It's hilarious. Um, it's cracked me up. Um, basically all through the show. I've been laughing at that. <laughs> That's the only thing that has made me laugh. Uh, it is so, not. Yeah. So for everyone out there, Matt just admitted that Chris and I were boring the shit out of him, and the only thing that kept him sane was looking at this cat picture. <laughs> I kept trying to to share uh, the photos of what the house looked like that you, that you uh, went and visited. You um, can. But then I just got tired of trying to do that. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was a very lovely, lovely home. It looks uh, great. And if you could could buy it, then I more power to you. If if that came to you Well, the thing is is that like I have to be responsible. It's one of the things that sucks about being an adult. And I know I could buy it. The thing is is that like how much am I willing to pay a month in mortgage? And then insurance, property taxes, everything else goes along with owning a home. <laughs> and so it's like, do I sacrifice half of my monthly income half. to have this home? And it's like, and then like, what happens if all of a sudden I get married, I have a kid, it's like, and I'm still making, you know, half my monthly income to this home. It's like, of course, then it, hopefully my wife would have her own income too and could contribute which would be nice. I, I can't wait for you to get that wife. I don't think that's ever going to happen. Really, It's going to happen. I'm going to share a picture of you. Well, no, me. I'm going to share a picture to you with you of me uh, a long time ago. Um, and I, Oh, this yeah. is, wow. This is my, myself and my dad. Uh, yeah. At, I assume that was your dad. Yeah. At, I at graduation. Yeah. Crazy thing is, <laughs> I think I freaked my dad out. Uh, is that I am now older than he is in that photo. Mm -hmm. oh my God. It's, it's, it, I, and I totally don't... understand. Yeah. I God, there's, so was... many, there's so yeah. many pictures that have come up, you know, because like my 20 high school reunion was not too long ago, a couple years ago. And I've seen so many photos that have popped up on timelines from friends and all these things like that. And, and even things when I think about like my dad. Like, that much as my dad has. My dad's lost, no. lost a lot of hair. Most of the time, I'd say like ninety percent of the time, your hair looks really good. There's definitely oh, a few times thanks. where I'm not sure. I'm not sure if uh, you hadn't washed it that day or whatever. But definitely, I've seen him like, oh, Matt's thinning right there. You know, but like, oh yeah, it's just oh, part of life. It's just part of life. Know. You know, I definitely have but, some thin spots for sure. But uh, so. but I'll look at some of these photos of because you know when you're 17, 18 years old in high school, mm -hmm. 
your coaches, for example, or teachers, you think of them as like, man, these are adults. Right. These people are these grown. People have seen shit. They've got it all figured they out. Were in they were Vietnam. Yeah. They, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, and then I look at those photos and like, I'll do the math. I'm like, that guy was 42 years old in that photo when I'm like 17. I, and I'm I like, kick his ass now. Oh, I'm just like, I'm like, holy shit. I was like, Chris, he, was, he wasn't old at all. Shit out of the you know? gym teacher I knew. The only, te- the only teacher that ever really busted my balls was my Spanish teacher. And it's because my dad was a misfit. And she taught racist. my dad. She taught my dad. And she hated my dad. So when she saw me in class, she Uh-oh. just projected on me that I was going to be that same asshole as my dad, which I was. Mm. But still, it was unfair. <laughs> uh, well, that that rings true for me too, friend. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> uh, anyway, watch that episode of Seinfeld. <laughs> or don't. I don't care. It's just funny because it goes in reverse. Speaking of time and time travel, have you seen Doctor Who at all? Ever? I have not watched Doctor Who in probably 15 years. Um, okay. I watched... I was close. Okay, so when you get to season four of Coupling... Right. Uh, I think it's episode two... It could be. It's either one or two. Uh, Oliver, who is a new character on the show, is going to have sex with a character on the show, and he's trying to play it cool. Actually, it could be episode five. But anyway, but he's wearing this sweater that on the front side looks great. That's just a normal, gray, gentleman-looking sweater. But on the back side, it says, bring back Doctor Who. Because <laughs> yeah. at oh. that time, Doctor Who had not been a part of BBC for a long time. Huh. And uh, so that's what actually, that was my first introduction of who the hell is Doctor Who. I was 23 at the time. I'd never heard of Doctor Who. Uh, right. And then, of course, as soon as coupling ended, Stephen Moffat took over Doctor Who. And mm-hmm. so I watched a lot of the 2005, 2006 Doctor Who's when Stephen mm-hmm. was really yeah. uh, in there with Doctor Who. Because I loved, um, I'm forgetting the title of it now, but it's one of the angels, you know, the blind angels. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, really good. Uh, Blink. Blink. That right. episode, that's the one I always remember because it's one of the usually ranked up there in the top five episodes oh, of Doctor sure. Who ever. For sure. Because that one made me shit my pants. I mean, sure <laughs> you know. uh, um, well, and I mean, it, I think what's great about it is that it takes such a common object. And, and I don't, and it's not common, but you can see angels, like statues of angels throughout the world, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and they're harmless. But you make them creepy as fuck, yeah. <laughs> and and it's all through brilliant writing. Yeah, I mean, and they, I mean, it's really. I mean, that's that's it. It's it's just an illusion, and it's and it's well done. Yeah, um, I. It's, yeah, it's one of the things I love about going through some cities in Europe that were not touched by the war, World War Two, uh, and seeing all the gargoyles and all the statues on churches and the thing, and you're like, wow, mm-hmm. like, it's just so neat how they have such personality. But then I also the part of me that's like a more modernist is like, how many fuckers did you rob to build this church? You know, like, you know, right? Uh, how much money went into this church when people were starving? You know, but anyway, yeah. here and over there. But what'd you put on? Did you put your cloak on now? Get cold. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's oh yeah. I just oh I think I put it on upside down. Okay, it's a new <laughs> look. It's a Star yeah. Wars thing. Yeah, so, so you do you do look like Ray right now. Yeah, you just need some goggles. Yeah. 
goggles. I am currently okay in the current Marvel Star Wars line. They're doing this. What is it called? Um, shit. Um, it's not Book of Boba Fett, but they are basically like they're going in full in on, on Boba Fett right now, uh, which I think is kind of interesting. But uh, War of the Bounty Hunters. So yeah, um, and. If you're one that likes to read everything all at once, <laughs> you might wait uh, a bit. I'm I'm one that uh, just kind of has a. Uh, I yeah, I'm 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 all, all at once kind of person. Yeah. So so you might be waiting a year to read this, <laughs> but it is cool though because it and and the basic premise is is that Han Solo in Carbonite has been stolen from right. Boba Fett. And there's there's kind of an interesting plot line that's kind of developing and swirling around all of that, and it's bringing in a lot of different uh, characters and factions and stuff like that. So, um, kind of fun though, because at least for someone who goes to the comic shop every week, it that's kind of what you go for. You, you kind of want that hook. I I feel I like that. Like oh, I want to I want to find out what happens next, and I like that there it, it's a crossover event. Like that makes it fun as a comic book, like, you know, weekly geek where you're just like, Oh, I didn't get this issue. Oh, this ties into that, you know? And then you're, you're reading the, the storyline. So for that, I'm enjoying it. Uh, I don't know how it's going to end or what's going to happen with it, but, um, yeah. Uh, I guess that's it for the show. Good night. <laughs> no, no, we can talk some more. It's fine. Um, going, back, going back to age, age because it, it struck me like, okay, so I, when I was in grad school, um, I was 32, and one of my classmates was 22, really smart from New Jersey, and, you know, I'm introduced to this person's life, and then we ended up working together in Los Angeles for three years, and then she moved to Colorado, and she lives 40 minutes south of me for another company and I, the format and we've still managed to keep in touch, you know, this whole time. Uh, still, no, 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 not, not romantic, not romantic, oh, okay. no, not romantic at all. Uh, but uh, what's interesting to me about this is because like I said, she was to me a kid, you know, when okay, I met sorry, her, sorry. but she looks at me like a big brother and always has. And, uh, and she called me last night uh, because her air conditioner was leaking water. And oh she's like, gosh. I know where this is. No, you don't. It's, oh, it's much shit. lamer. It's much lamer than you think it is. I'm but trying to be Chris and Jack all at once. Yeah, I know. It's just too much. It's too much. Okay. I'll uh, tone down the testosterone. But I, I know. I, just, I, I guess what I'm asking is because like, you know, you're a teacher. So you have younger people looking at you as like a person of wisdom, you know? Sure. And so that's how she kind of looks at me too. She's like, well, my air conditioner is going to water. What do I do? And I'm like, well, it's a number of, it could be a number of things. Like you have a clog in your, your your drainage pipe, you be running out of coolant, and the the coils freezing up, and then thawing out. I was like, and it's just funny how like things that you acquire as you get oh, older. Yeah, the knowledge of the just knowledge. Know it. Yeah, no, and, yeah, the, and, I hear you. And that's what I mean. It's like you know, of all people to call, she calls me to ask me about an air conditioner, sure. and I'm like, do I look like a fucking air conditioner repairman? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, probably like on her like Rolodex there. She's yeah. just like, okay, this guy's an idiot. This guy doesn't know shit. Mm. And like this person I can't call because like I owe him 
two hundred dollars. I, I don't know this, <laughs> this guy. I killed. Yeah. I don't know I, what what her hit list is on her phone or a Rolodex, but clearly, she thinks of you as more than a brother, and uh, or a teacher. And uh, I think that you are looking for a wife. This person, whether they're, you know, you might just say, "Hey, how you doing? You want to get some coffee sometime?" I'm at that point now where I should probably just do the whole Russian mail order thing, you know. Um, sure. Sure, why not? I mean, they, you know, they don't speak English, which is great. So, like, what? You know, you know, I, you I am can, not prepared for this shit, man. Come on, man. I'm about to blow your mind, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Think about it. Like, you just, you just see a, you see somebody and you're like, hey, she looks good. Let's, let's bring her over to the States, you know, and like, you get a visa. But, but where's like, the love? Where, I mean, that's overrated. So, so is it just is it just that you you you're like okay I need a hole to fill, and I mean sorry that came oh out my wrong. god yeah that could be taken two totally different sorry. ways <laughs> I was thinking more of um, I was thinking of the hole in my soul you know, yeah yeah she wanted her I think I think <laughs> exactly I think Sherry even left this she was she like probably did okay oh I'm goodness. I'm offended now I, what that hell? is I draw the line sir yeah. Um, I, I mean, yes. I, I, uh, don't, don't know no. what to, to tell you. Well, it's there. like, it's like, you know, I got, I told you guys, I went on a, a couple of dates with a girl back in August who sweet person, good person, you know, and, but just not for me. Like I just didn't feel sparked. Didn't feel any like potential like this could really lead somewhere. And so I basically told her, I was like, Hey, I was like, if you want to keep hanging out, that's great from time to time, but I don't see this going anywhere. Of course, she broke down crying, and I'm like, Oh, I'm like, we're not, we're not, you know, we haven't known each other that long. Why are you crying? Uh, yep, we're still the same one. Uh, we tried to avoid the topic, but Matt keeps bringing back exactly. Uh, but uh, so. She knows I love crawfish. I do. I love crawfish. It's one of my favorite things. Who doesn't love crawfish? Yeah. And uh, there was a, a bowl last weekend, and she's like, hey, do you want to go? I was like, yeah, absolutely. And then when we get there, she wants to sit side seat. And I'm like, look at her, I'm like. What? Like, why do you want to sit side seat? Like, what the fuck? Are we 60-year-old old married couple? Like, you don't we're not sitting side seat like in a restaurant in a restaurant where it's like you have a bench here and a bench yeah. here she uh-huh. wants to sit beside me while we're eating and i'm like so i have to look sideways to talk to you why don't you sit across from me no it's because she wanted to sit right next to me and it was a good it was a good meeting but you know then at the end she's like grabbing my butt and wanting to make out and i'm like i already told you it's not working out What's going on here? We got lots. Of, we got lots of comments here. Where are we going? She wanted me. You know, uh, oh, we tried to avoid this topic, but Matt, you know, where are we going here? Oh, you're just showing shit. Okay, <laughs> I'm just showing shit at random. So, what are you drawing? Um, oh no, and this is uh, the. Oh, is uh, it? Yeah, a, I don't know. It's just a drawing. It says heart yeah. of the band. So guitarist. Right. I don't know. But anyway, yeah. Doing- so next weekend we're going down to Denver to see the Cardinals play the Rockies. And really, I asked her because she likes baseball, but two, I, I, didn't, want, I didn't want to go to a baseball game by myself. I do that all the time. I was like, hey, like as I told her, like we can be friends. We can hang out. We're just not going to be romantically involved. And it's just one of those things where I'm like, I don't want to be a dick. <laughs> like, I don't want to break your heart. 
anyway, sorry. Sorry to get deep, everybody out there. Get into the no. personal me. No, that's it's. I really appreciated it. It's. I'm amazed that you're telling me this stuff now. Yeah, well, it's because you won't remember it in five minutes. <laughs> right. Be like, wow, <laughs> we had this really deep conversation. I'll have to go I back. Remember, I don't remember what it was. It was yeah. I'll have to go back and listen to this podcast. So and be like embarrassed. Exactly. That's what worries me. Oh, you wrote that. You I did. That. I did. <laughs> I, thought, I, I thought like Randy or Miami Mike was over going like, oh, yeah, saddle up. Yeah, Randy's saddle up. Yeah. The thing is, is that I totally could. I totally could. And that's what's crazy. But this one has decent person, but also stabber kind of in her eyes. And like she's going to stab you? Yeah, that's the thing. It's oh. like I think I could totally pull the whole friends with the benefits with this person because mm-hmm. she's not bad looking. Right, but I'm. I, that's what I'm afraid. It's like I already have told her I don't want a relationship with her because I, I don't because I don't think we're compatible. But it's one of those things. If she's like, well, let's just have sex. It's gonna be those where she's thinking sex equals relationship, and next thing I know, I go on another date, and then she's there, and next thing I know, she's like hitting my car with a baseball bat. Mm. So, you know. Well, um... yeah, you got nothing. You got nothing, Matt. You've been married for too long. I have been, <laughs> but I, I do know something about getting your, your car hit with a baseball bat or at least getting it uh, vandalized. We talked about this, I think uh, on Thursday uh, of last week, maybe did we anyway, some people in, in my neighborhood decided oh, yeah. to walk across right, right. Uh, our car out front. And um, uh, I have a blue, blue Prius and I think it's, it's Second generation? I don't know. Anyway, they broke the windshield, um, dented the hood, or, or not the hood, but the, the roof. And then they tried to break the, the back windshield that it actually didn't break, which I was pretty impressed by. Um, but it was clear, like, they left footprints all over it. Um, really shitty thing to do. Called the cops. Um, apparently, there were some other cars that had reported... <laughs> breakings or, or what have you um so. you, yeah well, did you park next to a tree i, no, I, no, I, no, I, I totally agree with randy on this yeah. no actually this time the so the real kick in the, the the pants about this one is is that we have a, a camera like pointed out there and i think the nighttime like had the there not been a malfunction great technology thanks for malfunctioning in the moment we need you uh <laughs> then we would have recorded um but there had been a, it hadn't been recording since like May 27th or something like that. So we were unable to identify anybody. So, and besides, I mean, insurance at this point, it's like a two two fifty deductible for us. So at least uh, it's not going to be too much out of pocket because I think to replace it, I saw the bill today was like four fifty. So, and uh, but then we'll also get money to. Uh, fix the the hood or the the roof. So um, anyway, it's been kind of kind of a weird, weird, crappy thing. Yeah. So I mean, definitely puts you on edge because you're like, well, who would do this? Why would they just you know walk down the street and be like, oh, we're gonna jump and climb on this car? So maybe. You're having a Tyler Durden kind of thing where, like, you're eating so many edibles where it was you, and you're out there like, fuck my car, fuck your car, fuck this shit. And then, like, you wake up and you're like, oh my God, who would have done this? My hands are all bleeding. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
it's it's probably uh, why I'm, I'm watching like so much. Um, um, yes, Randy, my insurance might go up, but you know what? Depends on the deductible and how much of the damage. You know, I, I've already been in a car accident. Bring it. Yeah. Come on, come at me. It's true. Yeah, you just had one. They're really gonna. I know. Camera. Yeah. Yeah. So it's funny, like yeah, you know, I, I think I was just back. I guess it was right around a year ago. You know, I was pulling into the post office and an elderly lady opened up her door, not looking as someone else was pulling up in the spot next to her, you know, and I hit her door. Luckily she had not stepped out yet. Cause I probably would have wiped her out, but like, you know, bent her door back, you know, and it messed up a little bit of the front of my truck. Uh, it's one of those no fault kind of things where it was like, you know, let's just kind of eat. But you know, I, I had called my, cause I, I had to switch insurance and I moved to Colorado cause the insurance is done differently in this state versus California versus Tennessee. And, you're just leaving the scene. You're like, just, you're just, just dragging her door off. <laughs> uh, uh, and I, uh, I did. I did not. I I had different insurance for that. Randy, why do you want to know so much about finances? What do you do? Are you a a financer guy? Are you an accountant? Do you work for the IRS? He's asking about the sled. Did, did your insurance company reimburse you for the jeans? That's a lot of people I'm sure are wondering about. Are you fucking with me, Randy? You might not be able to hear that. I can hear it. I'm sure he can. Uh, I actually, I actually have a friend who makes a living doing that shit. If you oh. know that trend, that's like for the last couple of years now, the whole whispering shit. It's like that's all they do. They just like have a podcast where it's like, "Hey, Matt, yeah, what's up? Listen, listen to me very carefully. I love I'm listen to you. Yeah, that's and the people listen to that, and they pay to listen to someone whisper to them. I'm like, well, they pay, they pay to listen to this shit. That's true. That's true. The people listening to this, we thank you for paying to listen to Matt and I talk about. It's the only way I can get my edibles is your payments. And it's an (laughs) endless cycle of me using the money to get more edibles so that I can record myself doing wacky shit on it. It's this time of year, too, that really makes me happy because we get paid double, basically, what we get paid monthly from the patrons. Because it's like, Matt, so everyone out there, we you get paid. Don't tell them. Don't uh, tell them. Don't tell them our secrets. Matt, Matt and I basically have two podcasts right now. And, oh. and so we get paid a lot because nothing else is going on right now in the summertime. So <laughs> we, get to, we get paid we should- a lot. Do we just create a third podcast? Nick, yeah. Nick and Matt. Nick and Matt, and just yeah, the, the RCAD times two, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, uh, I um, yeah, but yeah, yeah, but yeah, we, yeah we, so normally we get paid, you know, less than hundred bucks a month, you know, to do all of our our podcasts. But you know, this month we made a little bit more, so we're like, yeah. <laughs> Why are you telling everybody our shit? That is what? my edible money, man. It's your edible money? That's no, a lot. No, no. Actually, uh, typically, if, if patrons want to know, uh, a lot of times that I do put it back to things like Netflix or HBO or Disney Plus. And so um, just the way that I, I do my finances. <laughs> and so that way, I feel like entertainment for entertainment, you know, and I'm also kind of reporting about entertainment a lot of times. So we talk about, I mean... Yeah. It's it's you know, money in money out. I guess in that that case. I want to know how much Jay gets paid. Fucker doesn't even podcast anymore. <laughs> but he you gets, know you know he gets money. <laughs> you're you're going all out on this show, man. You're just like, you know, hey, I already get fifth billing. <laughs> or 
<laughs> I'm kidding. I I don't care anything. For everybody out there, I don't care anything about the money. It's just nice. And uh, like, like I, Jack Jack has said many times, I think a lot of this the RCAD is uh, just hanging out with my friends. So uh, it's the money is usually a bonus for me. Yeah, I mean, I it, honestly like we we could have recorded everything we talked about the other night because it was all like sitcom related and it was very relevant i mean like like i thought you made some really great observations about um some of the different shows and and you and i both kind of equally enjoy new girl where where jack Mm -hmm. kind of kind of disses it uh i don't say anybody can diss the new girl i mean there's definitely a few episodes where you know you're like okay but like i like the new girl i think it was a good a good show a nice well out thought out show you know i actually just finished with all the uh uh we were talking about her uh, when Jess was out for like the first part of the fifth oh, season. Oh yeah, um, Zoe. Uh, Zoe. Yeah, no. Zoe. Dutch, no, uh, yeah, the other no. Meg. Uh, wasn't it Meg or? I I hate that I I think of Transformers her, like, girl. Yeah, Transformers <laughs> girl. That is exactly what I went to. That's awful. Um, uh, uh, but, but yeah, she's, like, she's great. She does. Matt yes. was here. He'd know. Oh, he'd just be hammering us. Yeah, I know. Uh, so, but yeah, yeah, they were good episodes. They 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 did what they had to do. And I looked up why because she apparently Zoe Deschanel had her first child, and uh, that's why she took off for that right. bit of the first seasons. I mean, that fifth season. So I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. And it's just like like Coach not being in the first or second season, you know, because he had done two pilots at the same time, which was uh, Megan Fox, Miami Megan Mike. Fox, yeah, yes, there with you the go, three point shot, Megan Fox, yeah. You know what's funny is because she's younger than us, but to me, I don't know if it's just because she. I know she did some Botox, and she to me she looked really old and and the new girl. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, she she definitely looked older than you know, like when she was in the Transformers movies. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, yeah, I um, I think the episode when Nick and uh, Jess break up, Mm -hmm. I I don't really like that one. It's 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 a. It's one. It's just like, ugh. Uh, and Jack's right about this. I will. I will give Jack credit about this one thing. He always says nobody likes to see mom and dad fight. Mm-hmm. And there are. I've watched a lot of sitcoms, and man, those episodes. He's right. Like nobody really likes that, but they do well, show well. a realness. And I think that it's it's fair to show a transformation of a couple. And if, and if you're yeah. having a fight or if you're trying to move the story along with, with any couple, like, it, well, to know. me, it's like, cause that's at the very end of the third season when Nick and Jess break up and it makes sense though, because Nick has given you hints or not Nick, just the, everything about Nick, you know, other characters as well has shown you that Nick does not really understand what love is. And he doesn't understand emotions because his father was a con artist and you've never seen his mother as far as I know. Uh, and so mm-hmm. in that episode, they don't really break up. I mean, they do break up, but they, they basically, cause Nick has kind of always gotten his way because he not, not that he's selfish. It's just that that's the way he lives his life. And he doesn't understand anyone else's concept of how you should do things. And so Jess basically finally admits because they're living in the same room now that, if I corrected you on everything you wanted to do, we wouldn't be a couple. Uh, and they don't really break up. They just kind of say like, oh, okay, so are we done then? And then that's kind of it. So, mm-hmm. and of course, you know, it, it changes differently. And that's kind of where I always hate the, will they, won't they shows, which, right. I, you know, like that's where I think, I thought friends, 
derailed a lot with. Um, but, you know, Nick and Jess's thing was a really quick few episodes in the third season, and then they don't get back together until the last season. So it's like, okay. So we're, to me, this is where Friends really just jumps the fucking shark, right? Is the fact that, um, you know, Sam or Sam, <laughs> Sam and Diane aren't even in the fucking show. Okay? Yeah, I was going to say, took a cheers. Yeah, all right. <laughs> took a cheers turn. Um, Ross and Rachel, okay, they break up. That should be it until the show is like, until you're wanting to kind of like really like pull the show back together. But instead, they have a fucking kid together. They get married together. And they get it annulled. And it's just ridiculous to the point where you're just kind of like, come yeah. on. Like, yeah. come, what, whatever. And then when they do finally get together at the end, it's like, you're just like unfucking believable. I just, and I can't forgive them for that. It's just like, whatever. Fuck yeah. you. Like, I, I just, I can't. I'm sorry. Sorry, friends, lovers. I know there's some good episodes. I know there's some funny shit in there. But. To me, the, the 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 full the full and that was one of the things that we talked about in our in our deep dive about Friends is that, you know, to you you felt that the the first four episodes four, four seasons four seasons I'm sorry four, four, yeah, episodes, four episodes and that's it done yeah <laughs> that's that's a little hilarious it's like yeah. it's the UK edit <laughs> well to, uh, okay so for everyone out there you know we've already talked about it a little bit like uh, after Owen and Bruce last week we had probably another hour long conversation about sitcoms. And that's what I was saying. I've said this before, I'm sure on a couple of other episodes, but I felt, I felt friends plot wise was done after the fourth season. Uh, and that, you know, you have all these people come together, you see how they bonded, you see what makes them work, what makes them tick, you know, uh, you know, their past. And then to me, it really culminates right there in London when Ross is going to marry Emily and to me, if you were going to have a perfect ending to a show, that's where it would have happened. You know, Rachel would have shown up, you know, basically objected to the marriage and Ross would have said, yeah, like she's my lobster you know, or whatever. And that would have been the end of the show. But instead, you continued it on and you have, you know, Chandler and, and Monica hooking up in London uh, and you have and then it spins into this. Like, oh, let's have them all but like square dancers just constantly switching partners, you know, and it just yes. kind of it's just a delay of and, what you know is going to happen. And, and, to and me, there's a lot of great episodes after the fourth season, but it's I, just I, to me, plot wise, it was done. And and here's the thing. Plot wise, they were already going with the Joey thing. Yeah. And then they just kinda like they yanked it back. And I felt like that was the missed opportunity. Like they should have just like it was right there like that would have been a surprise moment and that would have been really cool. And you could have actually, I don't know. I just, and, and you and I have talked about how like Ross is basically by the end of the show, you're just like, you're a psychopath. You yeah. Know? We, yeah. Like, we, we talked about that. We talked about it last week too. So I'm, just, I'm sorry. I'm just filling in. So for, 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 but, Matt, Matt and I already know everything that's in our heads about where we've talked about it, but I just want to make sure everyone in the, out there listening to us. So we talked about that, like how a good show, a good sitcom uh, should have the characters that they're most craziest in the beginning. And then they become more human or more civilized or whatever. Like they see them actually become, more whole as a person as the show progresses. Whereas in with friends, you see them all the quirks early on and then they kind of get to normal. And then 
as the show progresses, you see them all get more crazy because Monica goes batshit crazy. Uh, Ross is batshit crazy. Chandler, just because Matthew Perry was an alcoholic and a drug addict, you know, he goes from skinny to fat to skinny to fat, you know. Uh, Maurice. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just, you know, I don't know. Like the only character that's normal is really Phoebe, who is actually the most loopy and nutty of the whole. I love and that's I love Phoebe. Phoebe. Yeah, yeah. Like um, Phoebe is is always kind of my spirit animal, and I think that I identify with with kind of the outliers um, or with kind of like more the the. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, there's there's a lot there. The it was interesting the uh, the Seinfeld episode that I was just recently watching. There's a really funny one where uh, um, Kramer, uh, it's while Jerry's away, and Kramer just goes like to town with Jerry's apartment, where he just like moves the furniture around. He has a big party, and he has like he does like all of these crazy things with Jerry's apartment. And before he gets back, he even like pretends to be Jerry, and and it's it, it just cracks me up. So, <laughs> I, I there's certain That's, moments with Seinfeld where I just felt like they were really operating on all cylinders as far as oh, no sitcom, doubt. you know, yeah. and just like the the creative, you know. Well, I'm, I'm amazed with just Larry David, period, in the fact that he's been writing for yeah. 30 years and he's still relevant in everything he writes. Mm-hmm. And it's you know never at any point do I think he's unoriginal. It's always like, yeah, that's a totally great point, what he's doing right now. Uh, yeah, no, uh, that's fair, because he, he is a, a genius. Speaking, uh, just speaking of, because uh, you said the apartment of, of Jerry, you know, Lego has put out Big Bang Theory apartment and right. Friends apartment, and I'm mm-hmm. always amazed they did not do Seinfeld. It's like, Right. I would re- I would rather have the Seinfeld apartments than Big Bang Theory apartments because like I hated the Big Bang Theory for I'm sure I'm sure but I've expressed that opinion before. Right. Well, and I I did my deep dive into the Big Bang Theory. Oh right. Well, I mean, Jack right. both shamed you for it. Yeah. Yeah. And I still I still hold true to the fact that I really I really enjoy Young Sheldon. <laughs> uh, it's it's a very enjoyable show, and it and it's I, a different show. And I think it does some of the things that I think the Goldbergs were, were doing better. Yeah. So, I, I, the only the only props I will give to the Big Bang Theory and Sheldon is the fact that even though they've never said it out loud, Sheldon clearly has Asperger's, and mm-hmm. uh, the fact that they're showing someone who has uh, that's what I'm looking for neurodiversity. Uh, you know, out there and like how they see the world. That's a, that's a good thing. But yeah, I, I, I hated the comedy of big bang theory because I always felt it was forced in every bit of it. I hated the laugh track and I, mm-hmm. I, I hated uh, that their idea of nerds or geeks was stereotypical. Kind of like right. how, kind of like how uh, two and a half men showed, in a lot of ways, the worst side of masculinity and just like, Oh, we're all just about sex and you don't have to have a thought, you know, like I, I was like, these are, this is the dumbest denominator of sitcoms, but I don't know. Sorry. That's my little rant for a rant cast, but I just didn't ever care for them. Well, it's a shame that Lego never also did the office. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of fans wanted them to do the office. NBC decided to do some kind of knockoff brick through target that looks like shit. 
Um, I mean, oh, is it like a beer bricks or something? It's yeah, and it and it's awful too because of the character. Like, you need the full cast. Yeah. Right. Like it's an ensemble show. Um, they vote. You know, you listen to the cast, any cast interviews, even Steve Carell. Obviously, they became the biggest star out of that show. Um, they all say that it was an ensemble, mm-hmm. you know, uh, show. It was everybody, and and for them to like, I don't know. It's like Lego would do it right, and in all of the the deep dive podcasts that I've been listening to about The Office, and I mentioned this to to you, Nick, is that one character of the show is the actual physical set. Um, there's no movable walls in there. What what is there is there. And so they, they shoot around things and you know that space very well and the way that those those camera operators like moved about that room, you know. And so to me, the Lego set for the office would just be the ultimate because it, you know, the layout is so important. You know, you spend so much time. And it's like, you know, is there a bottle episode of the office? I don't know. Like 85 <laughs> mm-hmm. percent of the show is bottled inside that place, you know. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's a testament to the writing of the show and the innovation of, of those comedic actors and, and writers to like craft something that continually is just set in the same place, you know, um, and again and again with a lot of um, different fun, fun plots. So anyway, it's a missed opportunity. I hope one day Lego gets gets the rights to basically do The Office because I think that would be the ultimate. But you're Lego, right about Seinfeld. Um, yeah. And there in Seinfeld, uh, the apartment came up in another show that I watched. Maybe it was, hmm. um, maybe it was Rick and Morty. Well, it's things like you know, Lego is such an interesting company in that you know they're 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 for kids. You know, they're definitely some adult sets, but for the most part, their idea is, yeah, we can make some things for adults, but it also has to appeal to kids. And you know, because like they would never make a cheer set. Yeah. Uh, they, you know, they they'll never make a cheer set. Oh it's yeah, a pub. yeah, you know, and it's like because there was a huge. I think I my mention this off air. You know, there was a huge push for them to make a Winchester from Shaun of the Dead Lego set. Oh right, and it had so huge of a backing for them to make it, and they basically shot it down because it was a pub. They're like, it doesn't appeal to our children sector, and it's like, but I want it. I want to have the Winchester. <laughs> I'm like. I love Shaun of the Dead. I think Shaun of the yeah. Dead is one of the greatest comedies of the last 20, cent, 20 years. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, 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 I love, uh, I forget his name, but it's getting late. Uh, yeah, we, uh, the director of that. You know, we also did, uh, um, we don't have, we don't Scott have, Pilgrim uh, and, um, yeah, uh, Edgar, Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright is one of the only directors, probably for the last 30 years, uh, who actually does physical comedy. Uh, and I love physical comedy. Like you just, it's just, it's such a brilliant way of expressing humor and no yeah. one does it anymore. Cause you know, you get into, you know, like the today's comedy, which is just a bunch of Saturday Night Live sketches just string <laughs> together. And I'm like, yeah, it has its place, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's not. Cause I, like, I think when I think of physical comedy, like um, I think sometimes modern family could pull off, some some pretty funny physical comedy jokes um uh just off the top, top of my head but yeah, yeah it is kind of an odd odd thing um can you imagine like them doing like a mash set in lego 
because it's not it's not war you know as far as like guns right it's medical it's, yeah. it's medical so yeah. you know it'd just be tense and stuff just like be tense, that yeah yeah it's just like get the tent set <laughs> um oh i wanted you know i wanted uh, i'm trying to think of his name um not oh, colonel potter um oh. but the other uh, you're talking to the wrong guy you should be talking to jack or okay you don't know mesh Oh yeah, I've I've watched the movie and I watched a few episodes as a kid, but it's probably been thirty years that, since I've watched. That it. shit was burned in my brain. That's like that that song comes on, it it's like Pavlov's right. Whistle. I'd it, that's like, everybody. I'd be, I'd be like falling asleep or like Every, everybody I'd, in our generation. If they hear yeah. that song, it's time to turn the TV off. It's like <laughs> that's just what it does. Right? Yeah, because it's like it's usually you're waking up, and that's the last show before it goes to fuzz or something mm-hmm. like that. You know. Yeah. Exactly. That's what I really pity. I pity uh, people born from like '91 on. There's so many things that they never ever will you understand. You never get to know fuzz. Well, they'll, they'll like never the know. They'll, yeah, they'll, they'll never know. Like you know the line, the the color, the color things on the TV. When it's like that's it. You know, having the national anthem at 2 a.m. or you know a rotary dial or so many things that that we had to deal with. It's like. Uh, like you know, like like Chris and I talked about. Like they'll never know the pain of getting excited on a Friday night to go to the movie rental store and to go through all of them, and there's nothing behind the covers. And you're like, Argh! you know, like, you can't rent your movie. How about that joy of getting this like little newsprint? Uh, it, it would be colored sometimes, but it'd be folded in half, full of like books that were coming. Oh, yeah, for yeah. The- you know, mm-hmm. and you would look through every book and like look at the price and like read the description. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's like you took that home, like, and you you you. Oh, hey, mom, can I get this? Can I get this too? No, you can only get one. You know, it's like, oh, can I get this one? You know, but it's like you that little. I don't know. It would just be this little newsprint little thing. With yeah. the, well, we've talked about like this stuff before. Of like, I don't understand how parents do it today. I don't. I with money because. You know, when, when I was a kid, you know, Christmas time or whenever, or what even we're just talking about when we get the news thing in at school, and it's like, oh, pick out these four books you want. Your parents are out like ten dollars. You know, it's not like it's it's not a lot of money. Uh, whereas in today, you know, like my nephew wanted the new uh, bugle, uh, a daily bugle from Lego. Oh my god, it's like that a four hundred dollars set. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's insane. And and the thing is, is like as a kid. If I would have asked for the Daily Bugle, which is a $400 set, my parents would have been like, well, that's your Christmas, your birthday, and probably your next Christmas. And if you had agreed to it, that means you're not getting shit for two years. Mm -hmm. Uh, I can't imagine that. Or an iPhone or anything that's just so expensive these days. We're getting some some chatter here. Or being a part of the Columbia House CD Club. Heck yeah, man. 20, yep. 20 tapes for a nickel. <laughs> I uh, did, I signed up for the other one. You had Columbia, and there's another one that was a competition for Columbia. Mm. And I remember doing that. Like I, I got, I did it one time. But the thing yep. is, the majority of the ones, the tapes that you got that were cheap were like really shitty tapes. They were like one good track. I, you know. I mean, I think I got CDs, um, and I, I don't know. I, I'm trying to remember what they were. You know, but they were just kind of like some. I thought they were maybe they were maybe it was like 
you know, the best of iron butterfly and like <laughs> the one bread song. Yeah. The best of bread, bread. Bread, bread would have a good, a good uh, one. But it was, it was something. Yeah. BMG. BMG. Music. BMG that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I went into a bit of a deep dive with a with a friend of mine uh, on Instagram, and we we have known you know I know this guy from basically when I worked at a music store long long time ago, and so we were getting kind of nostalgic because again I'm going through photos and there was something oh there was a recently um, there was an interview with Beck about Odile because it's the 25th mm-hmm. anniversary of Odile. Nice six, yeah, yeah, and so um, but he's there's a cool interview on apple apple music um with this i don't know the guy's name's matthew he's obviously a better podcaster than me because yes i can interview uh uh beck but there was an interesting revelation in the fact that um beck really wasn't kind of making much headway in the uk like he just kind of got panned by by a lot of the critics there well, and I, yeah I and think then, but yeah. but he had he had when he performed there in the front, you know, like couple seats or whatever, was Noel and Liam Gallagher from Oasis. They were like in attendance, knowing the lyrics of his song. And when he met them, they were basically like, "You're our mate, you know, we love you, mate," and blah blah blah. And 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 this was right before they were about ready to to release uh, "What's the Story, Morning Glory." And I just was like, "Wow, that's so cool to think about." Like those two right at that time uh crossing paths you know and and one influencing the other or enjoying the other one's work and the the crazy notion to me also this this coincides with me reaching out to this friend of mine who we worked at the music store together and we played the shit out of those two albums because they flowed you put that music on and it's just like the day just kind of like moved on by you know what i mean and it's like all of a sudden it's like oh uh, time, time to go home, you know, and and you got shit done. So I was think, I was thinking of that quote from High Fidelity, you know, like uh, where uh, Jack Black comes oh. in, you know, and plays like like I'm walking on sunshine, you know, and he's like, "Fine, just play your old sad bastard music," you know. Like, <laughs> I don't want to listen to old sad bad mis- old sad bastard music. I just want to play something I can ignore, you know. <laughs> it's like, and I, like I totally understood that, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, oh yeah. You know, I, I, what you're talking about with Beck, though, I, I tend to think of Beck and Cole, uh, not Coldplay, good God, uh, a Radiohead, <laughs> the same way in that when they had their first success, that first track hit made them, defined them for so long mm-hmm. that it, it's almost like, I think if you ask both of those people, like, will you play Loser, will you play uh, Creep, they'll right. say, fuck you. Because it's right. like, there's so much brilliant stuff they did after that but like that's all well, people knew them for well and and those two examples are great too because they like they're both their first albums are a lot more grunge influenced yeah yeah like you can you can hear the grunge even beck's take on grunge radiohead like they're you know uh pablo honey which there's some really great lighter hearted songs on pablo honey it, it has some some mm-hmm. some great great moments but both creep and and loser it's funny because it's like the it's just like a one word name too about <laughs> like someone that you don't want to know. Um, yeah, it, it's it's true. It's like it defines like their their first work, but then they go on to do so much more. And uh, I even remember at the time, uh, a friend of mine, you know, uh, he was just like, ah, he's just a one hit wonder, and, you know. Right, and right. The next album was Odile, and just like the the nuance of that 
that album and, and all and everything that the Dust Brothers brought to it. So uh, I mean, some of the, some of those gems of audio break beats that, that they were throwing in is just it's just really uh, really cool. So um, and yeah, and they they go on to do other stuff like like I think the Benz is is you know the next album and i think the yeah. bends we've I, talked I, about we talked about that yeah and, and okay computer and how yeah. uh it goes in a different direction okay computer right. yeah so. i mean like, and we've talked about like the bends to me is my personal favorite of radiohead mm-hmm. uh, even though okay computer gets more credit uh i, I love the bends that's that's my favorite of them oh and then um they uh showed today because i know that i introduced a band to matt called midlake that's been out for since 2004 i can't do the math right now but you know they've been a band for a while they haven't put out a record out since 2013 but they did their first press uh, test press of their new record so i'm pretty excited to to hear that when it comes out probably later this year so like woohoo but uh i know you're you've only listened to their first record so far i have i have i need to i need to go through and, and listen to some more of their music tomorrow uh what i've been doing lately is when i go into work you know it's like uh we have apple music or whatever and i just hit the whatever our playlist is or whatever. It's like a randomization of like music that we listen to. Um, you know, I could just hit shuffle on all of the songs, but I'm like, okay, let's see what you got. I'm all out of gas though. I'm, I've rode really? that edible to the point. I, I noticed that you got more normal. <laughs> it's, it's, it's now 1240. Uh, my eyes are, are getting even heavier and heavier. Um, uh, well, or we basically did an entire another episode. So. We did, and I and I thank you, Nick, for for going on on that wild side with me. Um, I wish you were here. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> um, I appreciate uh, Randy and Mike and Sherry and uh, whoever else had joined us live. Um, thank you so much. Um, this was this was fun, and you know it's it's great. You know, being able to kind of. Um, I don't know. Hang, hang out. And just, Urgh. just talk. Randy, so. let's get about five a.m. Boo, Ugh. boo. I always hate that. God. But he's it's, always, it's, always, it's always those days too when I have to get up at five a.m. or four a.m. or whatever, where I could go to bed at ten or nine, like thinking oh, I have to get up at five. I need to go to bed. I won't sleep at all. Like I'll, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll look over. It'll be one, two a.m. I haven't slept one bit, and then like I finally doze off like at three a.m. And then the, the alarm hits at five, and you're like, "Man, fuck you." <laughs> sure thing, Miami Mike. Yeah, thank you, uh, Mike. I think you were an instigator in making this happen. So the patrons have you to thank uh, for uh, egging us on uh, to keep this conversation going. Because uh, sometimes, yeah. I would have just gone to sleep <laughs> just like Chris. Anyway, good night, everybody. And uh, see you next week. Probably yeah, on Tuesday. next Tuesday, everybody. <laughs>